Ballerini Alonso a victoire on Mondrian, and Finn Fisher Black reaps Roto Erangi rewards. This is Quick Link Podcast. Welcome back to the show on Friday the 12th of February. The road championships have started in New Zealand and Spain is set to host its season opener on Sunday, but first it's news from the second stage of Tour de la Provence. This race report is kindly supplied by Tom Portsmouth, who will be racing for Carbon Bike Discar Academy this year in Belgium, supported by our friends at the Rainer Foundation. Unfortunately I couldn't get Tom to read this out, so it'll be me all snuffly with a cold. Apologies in advance. Today's affair was another lumpy one with a length of 175 kilometres. Unlike yesterday, the weather appeared to plummet below the 10 degrees Celsius, as world champion Alaphilippe swapped his white rainbow band jersey for a black one with waterproof lining. Even the race leader and quick-step teammate David Ballerini attempted to go incognito by swapping the striking multicoloured GC jersey for his standard spring wet weather jacket from Vermax Sport. One kit sponsor must find a way to allow for full use of the rain cape without obscuring the numbers, as throughout the stage it was apparent the sheer number of riders who rolled up their jacket above the pocket line to show numbers, but also to reach their pockets. The early break of five riders, that's Filippo Concha, Jerome Cousin, Eduard Mikael Grosso, Samuel Leroux and Baptiste Blier, gained a maximum of 2 minutes 50 ahead of the peloton, led by the blue wolfpack of Ducernet Quickstep, drilling it at the front with Remy Cavagna. Whilst the breakaway was pressing on, remaining toasty hot, UAE Team Emirates appeared ominous throughout the stage, not least for their baggy black rain capes costing them vital watts. It appeared they were riding for Matteo Prantin for the final of today's stage, which contained a substantial incline for the last couple of kilometres, one that suited the rider's characteristics. Heading towards the punchy Cat 2 and Cat 3 climbs, Grosso increased the pace of the break to ensure they maintained the gap of 2 minutes 30 inside the final 50k, and to wear out the pure sprinters just to ensure they can't sprint for the finale. 40k to go, clothes start peeling off the riders and finding themselves in the pockets or on the side of the road with swannies. Meanwhile, in the peloton, white paint was the infamous culprit of yet another crash on a 90 degree turn. It was slow paced and thus nothing awful came of it. Hitting the climbs, Ballerini shows that on the first ascent that big riders of nearly 80kg can in fact climb, and he sure continued that all the way to the finish. As the line drew closer and the end game entered, the rain came down heavier than the rest of the stage. There had already been a crash on the first crossing of the finish line, so we were in for one sketchy finale on those classic, slick, southeastern French roads. So, time for the finale of the race. 5k to go, Quickstep were leading out, apparently riding for Philippe, who mysteriously teleported himself around a roundabout, quite amusingly, on GCN, if anyone was watching that TV coverage, until Ballerini and the world champion switched positions with about 2k to go. Then, Astana, whose kit I must say is very neat, lit it up at the front with Gorka Izagira. He pulled a monster turn from 25 to 1500 metres to go, all of which were an uphill drag of about 4%. Astana looked to be pulling for Alexander Vlasov, the final rider in their train, but with just over a K to go, a costly mistake for the team leader brought down Alaphilippe along with him. Alaphilippe, in the way that only the Frenchman knows, was furious with his rookie error of overlapping wheels on the damp roads. Ballerini all well and good though, now the only sprinter who was present at the front. Just delving into his mind for a minute, what would a guy who knows he is 90% likely going to win the stage go to do to make this a 100% chance? Well, let me pick this apart for you. The man we speak of is just shy of the 80k mark and a big powerful sprinter as we saw on the first stage, having beaten last year's best sprinter, FDJ's Arnold Demar. All around him were climbers and skinnier punchers, so a lot of you might be thinking what Spikilos would have done him good. 
but you're wrong. He bided his time, probably full of confidence that he would succeed, because despite the finish being uphill, he would have a strong kick to finish the day off and go two from two. With 300 metres to go, Lutsenko launched for his sprint at Arambaru, but he was too far away from the pointy end. So Ballerini waited until 200 metres to go to the line to launch his sprint. Now this is around a 20 to 30 second sprint on the gradient they were undertaking, a difficult feat to achieve, simply because the weather would have taken a lot out of the legs already, but he launched with only Giulio Ciccone on his wheel and the rest of the field he gapped easily. So again, whoever says 80 kilo riders can't climb with the best, please visit this stage as a timely reminder that it can be done. Ballerini's sprinting style is a unique one, thrashing the pedals, propelling the bike forward in a spectacular fashion. A comfortable win and a comfortable lead in the standings by 16 seconds, but with Chalet Reynard looming, it will be difficult for him to defend it, and I wait with anticipation to see what he can do. Finally, whilst all of this occurred, Matteo Jorgensen of Movistar had his handlebars swiped by a spectator leaning over the makeshift barriers into his sprint line, and he found himself on the ground with riders dodging him to remain upright. He'd also animated the race with 10 to go, but to no avail. That was by Tom Portsmouth, and you can check out Tom's blog at tomportsmouth.co.uk. He's on Twitter at T-O-M-P-E-Y-1-3, and you've heard him on the first of our two weekly waffles, shows 11 and 18. Ballerini leads GC with Aramburu at 16, Alaphilippe is at 17, having been given the same finish time today as the winners. With two wins from two, Ballerini also has the sprints jersey, Lillian Kalmajan of AG2R is in the Malopois, and Boris Ida Schelling moves into the young rider jersey. There was a late heavy snowfall on Montfond 2 today, which the race visits tomorrow, Saturday, despite them not climbing the final 7k to the peak, but latest reports indicate that the roads will be safe and clear enough for the race to pass. It's National Road Championships weekend in New Zealand, with the time trials kicking us off today in Roto Arangi on the North Island. Congratulations to juniors Amelia Sykes and Lewis Bauer, to under-23s Henrietta Christie and Finn Fisher-Black of Jumbo Visma's development team, who retained his title from 2020, the women's elite went the way of bike exchanges Georgia Williams ahead of Jamie Nielsen and Bronwyn McGregor, while the men's title went the way of Aaron Gate of Black Spoke Pro Cycling Academy, who snatched it by just one second from Jumbo Visma's George Bennett, and just a second back from him was Michael Vick of St George Continental. The start list is out for Spanish season opener Clásica del Armeria, the Pro Tour one-day 183km race from Pueblo de Vicar to Roquentes de Mar on the Alboran coast. Alejandro Valverde draws the eye with the 2018 world champion, racing for the first time since the Vuelta in his swan song season for Movistar. But Brits will be attracted to the name Mark Cavendish, who is set to make his second quick-step debut, with the 2015 winner of this race donning the colours of the Belgian team for the first time since the 2015 Tour of Britain. Movistar and Dukernik join nine other World Tour teams on the start list for Sunday. That's AG2R, Astana, Bike Exchange, Bora, Cofidis, Intermarché, Quebeca, Trek and UAE. All four Spanish Pro Conti teams will also take part, as will Total Direct Energy, Gazprom, Belgian sides Bingol and Sport Flandron, Italian pair Bardiani and Iolo Cometa, and Rally Cycling from the United States. Big names on the start list include Florian Seneschal, Giacomo Nizzolo and Fernando Gaviria, but there's no chance of a hat-trick for Pascal Ackerman, winner in 2019 and 2020, as he's not been selected by Bora due to him heading to the UAE Tour, which starts next weekend meaning other than Cavendish, the only former winner on Sunday start list, will be Kubeka Asos's Matteo Pellucci, who won in 2011 with now-defunct Spanish Pro Conti outfit Geox TMC Transformers. Flanders Classics have announced the invited teams for Ghent-Wevelgem on 28th of March. The World Tour teams will be joined, of course, by Albers and Fenix, and also Arkea Samsic, B&B Hotels, Bingo Walloni, Direct Energy and Sport of Landron Baloas. 
That's the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, Saturday, the 13th of February, with day three of Tour de la Provence, including that part ascent of Mount Ventoux. We'll also be talking about Etias Cross at Eclo, and hopefully we'll have that delayed audio diary from Charlie Page, which I always seem to promise a day too early. You've been listening to Quicklink Podcast, and you can find all of our previous episodes, email the team, or leave us a voice message for inclusion on a show at quicklinkpod.co.uk. Catch us every day for a daily microdose of pro cycling headlines, rotating regular segments, as well as feature-length interviews and roundtable chats. This show is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and YouTube, and you can find us across social media by searching Quicklink Pod. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>